Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, welcome. <laughs> I'm starting to start sentences with hey, as opposed to so, and I don't understand why we can't just jump in and start a sentence. I mean, I'm even amazed at seeing on a, you know, a short form kind of communication like Twitter, where somebody will start, instead of just making a statement, they'll say, so, and I, I thought it was a verbal uh, tick. And, and that suggests otherwise strange. Anyway, hello. And welcome to yet another show on a flawless, meteorologically speaking, beautiful Wednesday in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It is uh, June 23rd, be precise. Uh, Speaking of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I just read a story and I don't know if this has been covered on local news, and it, it made me think I should force myself to watch local news so that I have a sense of what it's covering these days. But I just, I'm sorry, that's just a bridge. Is it a bridge too far? It's a something too far. I can't do it. I can't do it. So um, I don't know if you've heard this one. This was in the... Uh, I think New York Times today. And it, it the reason mentioning Pittsburgh made me think of it is it's uh it's about a guy who lives right near here. I'm sure when he's asked where he's from, he says Pittsburgh, but he he lives in Carnegie, which is what? 5 miles, 6 miles from, from Pittsburgh. This guy, and I want to get his name because we need to, you need to know about this guy, Randy Frazzanelli, 65 years old. This is a bad guy. And that is not slander because I got the proof right here in front of me. Oh, although, yes, it is alleged. He hasn't been convicted yet. He's just been arrested and then arrested and then arrested. This guy stole from all of us. He took money that was intended to alleviate the pain, financial and emotional, of so many people uh, during the pandemic. Um, This guy, when the federal government decided to give loans to uh, businesses who were potentially on the verge of collapse, uh, they gave these PPP loans, right? Um, And this was so that they could keep their employees and we wouldn't have this domino effect of uh, people losing their jobs and their businesses. This is something that government should have done. What we now know is that the program was just horribly doesn't really (laughs) do justice to how lousy the performance of this plan was, relief plan, because so many people who applied for relief, who needed relief, didn't get it. And a lot of people, always first in line, who didn't really need it, and they scored. And one of them was Randy Frazzanelli of Carnegie. He took advantage of this opportunity to enrich himself. 
He claimed businesses he didn't really have. On paper, he had them. And he applied for loans for this business and that business and this business and that business. And the guy hauled in $2.5 million. $2.5 mil. Let's see. What did he do with them? Did he keep his employees? He didn't have any employees. He bought a Mustang. That was just for starters. Then he bought a BMW. And then because, you know, a guy can obviously drive six or seven cars at once, he got a Porsche and then two Mercedes SUVs. After that, when the cars started piling up, he moved into gold bars and silver coins And as the FBI has now said, because his case is now in the federal court system here, he appears to have not used one penny of these millions for any business expenses or to maintain any payroll. And the article goes into some depth about how he pulled this off. And he pulled this off because the people who were supposed to be paying attention in uh, in overseeing this program weren't. Simple as that. And after the feds had raided his home on Lindsay Road in Carnegie. And they had seized four bank accounts that he had used on his loan applications. Even after the feds had their hands on all of that and he knew he was on their radar, what did the guy do? A month later, he submitted another application for a PPP loan. And guess what? Two weeks later, that loan was approved and he raked in another $1,340,000. And while out on bond on bank fraud charges that were and money laundering charges that were uh, lodged against him, he submitted a sixth loan application in May. He desperately needed another half mil plus a few tens of thousands <clears throat> for um from the Small Business Administration, <laughs> his small business being defrauding the federal government. So I guess uh, the, to get you up to date here, on Monday, he was arrested again. <laughs> See, now, if this were a poor person, a black person, minority person, he'd be in jail all of this time. Right. So he's a, a white guy from Carnegie. So he gets arrested. He posts bail. He gets arrested. He posts bail. He gets arrested. He posts bail. This dance goes on for months in, out, in, out. How is that possible? Monday, two days ago, he was arrested again. I don't have a clue if he's in or out at this point. I'm sure he's out. The white guy. <laughs> the article, the article says, boy, 
it is not immediately clear why the first four loans uh, were approved. It is also not clear why uh, Mr. Frazzanelli was approved for a fifth loan after the feds began investigating him, nor how his sixth loan application was tentatively approved after he had already been charged by criminal complaint with bank fraud. I want to know what bank, who were the article, as far as I know, is not telling me who's giving him this money because don't they go through just banks, right? Banks are overseeing this. Unbelievable. Or not. So I had just seen that when um, when the show started. <laughs> I had to I had to let you you know. Oh God Almighty! And speaking of uh, of the extraordinary wheels of uh, justice here in Western Pennsylvania, uh, the show was on hiatus during the kerfuffle involving the County District Attorney, Mr. Zapala. And I'm so sorry, because I really would have loved sound off on that. Somehow it seems to have like blown, no one's saying anything, it's blown over. But the voters in this county, this is on them for sleepwalking to the polls year after year after year and in a stupor voting for incumbents, voting for names they know. And God knows the pal is a name they know. He looks good. Silver-haired, nice-looking guy, defender of the law, Man alive. He is, without a doubt, biggest roadblock and the largest problem in getting justice in this county. And he's the guy at the top. I don't have to, I think, go back and talk about what he did, but he, he is so drunk with power and feels so untouchable that he actually put out an office email forbidding any of his underlings, those are the guys who actually go into the courts, the prosecutors, from engaging in any plea deals with one lawyer. A black lawyer, a black lawyer who represents black, a black lawyer who had denounced the system as systemically racist in court. That's all Zapala needed. So he singles this guy out and says that anybody he's representing can't get a plea deal. That's Allegheny County justice under Stephen Zapala. Obviously, a large outcry occurred. Many calls for him to resign. And he sits still in power because this seems to have had no impact at all. Never really apologized. He, in fact, has doubled down. People called for him to resign. He just waited it out. So I bring that up because another story that I read today, this was in the Tribune Review, is is that the president judge, oh, man, don't tell me I don't have it. I uh, did have it, um, has, well, I don't have it. The president judge of um, Allegheny County, I believe, um, has has put out a open letter saying that she wants to see uh, 
reform uh, of the racism that is systemic in the justice system here. In putting this out, she didn't in any way mention Zapala. Why, I don't know, but I suppose not to to poke the hornet's nest. She didn't mention Antoine Rose. She didn't mention anything specific. She mentioned George Floyd. That didn't happen here. So I don't have a lot of hope about where that's going. But I just want folks to know that we have had, as residents of Allegheny County, the ability to jumpstart this kind of reform, and we have failed. We, the people, have failed because of our sleepwalking into the polls and our knee-jerk voting for incumbents. I know, tell that to Bill Peduto. For that matter, let's move. Tell that to the incumbent, 16-year incumbent mayor of Buffalo, New York. As you know, New York City had its primary uh, yesterday, all those folks running. Andrew Yang will not be, it appears, the mayor of New York. But other cities in New York State had primaries, mayoral primaries, and one of them was Buffalo. And that, too, is a city in which, I mean, almost every city now, whatever Democrat wins the primary is almost a shoe-in for the mayoralty. Because the Republicans don't represent people who live in the city. (laughs) They have decamped to suburbia and rural areas, as you know. But there was an upset, apparently, because a black socialist woman appears to have won. India Walton. And she's unabashedly socialist. She's not a democratic socialist. She's a socialist. Bernie Sanders. And the people of Buffalo threw out a 16-year incumbent mayor and gave her the nod. If she wins in November, and again, odds are great that she will, uh, she will be the first socialist mayor of a, I guess, what am I going to say, a substantial American uh, city, a large American city, since Milwaukee had a string of socialist mayors in the uh, 40s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. I'm not exactly sure about all that, but uh, yeah, I think so. So, you know, there is a restiveness in the electorate now, but it needs to be uh, harnessed and it needs to be and it needs to stay very much alive heading into 2022. I saw a tweet right before the show started. I was doing a lot of stuff before the show started. And it said, I don't know why all these stuff was here. God, I hate this. I hate. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Shouldn't hate. But I really do hate the uh, email system at City Paper. It is just the worst. Things don't come. Things disappear. The other day, a lot of you had sent in emails. And, you know, when I got them, about 15 minutes after the show, 
I looked at when you sent them, you'd sent them 45 minutes earlier. So I want to apologize, as I want to do, uh, for the system that I have to work within here. Um, it's always the cheapest. <laughs> it's, always, it's always the cheapest. <laughs> oh, man. So what was I saying? I started griping again. Um, damn it. I totally forgot. Lost my train of thought. Uh, yeah, a lot of the stuff I had here has disappeared. Oh, it was the tweet. And it said something to the effect of, uh, let me try to find it. It said something like uh, Democrats. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to paraphrase it, but it was so right on the money because it was about the seeming naivete of Democrats always. I'm Joe Manchin, that's your cue. He wants bipartisanship with the Republicans as if. So the only thing that matches the uh, naivete of so many Democrats is the just stone-cold cynicism of the Republicans. Man. I started calling Republicans shameless maybe 20 years ago. And what the hell did I know? I couldn't even begin to imagine their capacity for shamelessness. Couldn't begin to imagine. So there's all that. And it, it's really hard to uh, to watch the sausage being made, or actually no sausage is being made um, anymore because of the Republicans. But it's really difficult. I used to really pay attention day to day on uh, you know, legislation, uh, what was happening to bills in committee, what people were saying. And you know what? I don't anymore. I don't have to. Because it's all a, you know, a, it's a foregone conclusion. Everything dies when it gets to Mitch McConnell. And because there's Democrats who think that somehow he and his Republican sheep are somehow reachable and willing to engage in the job that they were elected to do, which is called legislate, not obfuscate, not not. Oh, God. Okay, let's not get started. You know what I'm doing today after the show? I'm going and purchasing a cemetery plot. <laughs> That'll sober you up fast. Seems like a beautiful day to do such a thing, but that's what I'm going to do. You know, it's one of those things on your to-do list that's been on the list for you know, 15, 20 years, and you just keep avoiding it. Somehow, if you don't buy a cemetery plot, you'll never die. I don't know what it is. but And now I'm thinking, if I buy the plot, I'm going to die. It's like I'm enabling it. But I am. I'm going to. Might have a good story to tell you tomorrow. I don't know. Um. I'm going, my head, God, my head goes careening from from place to place. <laughs> it's very, very difficult being in my head. Um, oh, I'm really, no, see, God dang it. Okay. My contempt for the Republicans 
and for that matter, anyone who votes for them, is so real, intense, it and 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 unmovable, so certain. And I'm somebody who generally doesn't like people being certain. I think it shows a certain kind of hubris because there are not many certainties in the world. But there is an obvious certainty now in our country in this time. And that is Republicans are a clear and present danger. The continuation of this democratic experiment. And they will spare no principle, nothing, to maintain power in a country that frankly doesn't want them anymore. They're using the structures, the structures of our country, of our institutions, of our governance. They're using them like the cynics they are to maintain a power that the people, frankly, don't want them to have. If you look at all of the measures that they have, stonewalled uh, over the last year, all of them are bipartisan outside of Washington. They are. Every poll shows that Americans want election reform, want this infrastructure bill, want so many of the things that Democrats are trying to get accomplished. These are all popular with the people. They have bipartisan support in the country, but the country is not represented in the Congress. I don't know what we're going to do about it. It's scary. And it's why on a daily basis, I'm not watching anymore. Because I'm not naive. There was, let me see if I can find it. Of course not. Um, here it is. There was a, a just a line I read um, in a piece on the Washington Post. That, I'm so sorry that you have to end up listening to me, you know, oh, yes, it's that, because things that I think I have access to somehow are not there. Um, No, I guess I don't have it. God dang it. Um, I'm so sorry. This is not good. I'm just... Yeah, okay. Seek answers on whether... No! Um, it, it, what it did, I'm so sorry, is... is this, here, oh, this might be it. This might be it. It's under the headline of Senate Republicans block debate on the elections bill. Okay. This is what I want. So the vote yesterday, we find out that this effort to pass this election reform to create a bulwark against these cynical Republican legislators, these cynical, undemocratic Republican legislators trying to 
as these onerous, just flat out, clearly, onerous and unconstitutional ways to keep people from voting, because that's the only way Republicans can win, and they know it. In order to win, they have to make it so hard for people to vote that people don't. And some of the stuff they're passing gives them the power even after the vote, if they don't like the result, to change it. I kid you not. Dark, dark, dangerous stuff. So Mitch McConnell had all his sheep lined up yesterday. And they voted in a block, 50 of them. And the Democrats actually managed to vote in a block, 50 of them. Now, you could ask, well, wait a minute. The vice president is a Democrat. Couldn't she have cast the deciding vote so it was 51-50 and the Democrats win? Uh, No. Because that would be the case if you had an institution that actually valued democracy instead of the Senate of the United States, which has cobbled together more ludicrous anti-democratic laws and rules. So that the vote yesterday was not on the substance of the bill. The vote was merely a vote to debate the bill. It was a vote that said, we're voting whether or not we can take this bill and move it here to the floor where we will do, again, what our job is, which is to, yeah, debate legislation and then vote on it. The Republicans won't even go that far. They stopped things from even being given the air be argued about, let alone passed. So because of the arcane, undemocratic rules of the United States Senate, this is not constant, this is not in the Constitution. But somewhere the Senate decided that you needed 60 votes. Before you can argue any legislation. And so even if Vice President Harris had cast her vote, tie-breaking vote, eh, there's still nine short. So the voting rights measure that the Democrats want to pass and would pass if majority ruled, (laughs) would pass if majority ruled, cannot even get debated, can't even crawl on its hands and knees to Mitch McConnell's Senate floor. There's not a super majority willing to let it see the light of day. Nothing will ever get done here. They filibustered it. The filibuster. All of these rules. Which is why, I mean, again, if you're you're, you're paying even nominal attention, your heart sinks. Because you don't see. With Joe Manchin... Cinema. What a piece of work. I've been reading more about her. She wants to be the next John McCain. You know, that famous picture of her screwing up, I forget what measure this was, another one where she voted no, where she flounced, literally, 
flounced into the Senate chamber and right up to the up to the desk and did a little thumbs down with a curtsy and then turned on her heels and flounced out. It didn't occur to me at the time, but what she was doing was channeling John McCain's famous thumbs down when he saved Obamacare. She fancies herself. And and in so doing, McCain, of course, just pissed off all Republicans who, you know, have been dying to destroy Obamacare since since its inception. And so Cinema now has this idea that she's going to be John McCain, only she, of course, will then do the bidding of the Republicans. So that she could be a maverick. These people. Sorry. I'm sorry, I don't know. Hey, you know, here's some, again, changing the subject, changing the subject, changing the subject. Here's something I've been thinking about. Um, and I don't have it. I didn't do any research because I'm lazy. But it seems to me that an awful lot of people who've gotten the Nobel Peace Prize almost immediately after turn out to be despots. <laughs> do you, is, is that? Am I remembering this right? I mean, it just seems like people who we herald who get the damn Nobel Peace Prize. You know, maybe a decade later are hauled in the, into the Hague for crimes against humanity. <laughs> I'm exaggerating slightly there. But it seems I keep reading this stuff. And I, I'm, I'm wondering if the Nobel Peace Prize people want to um, take a little break. And maybe, you know, give it over to, you know, how they sometimes pick an animal to, uh, you know, say who's going to win an election or pick the odds of something, you know, the, the prescient platypus will decide who is going to, we do just as well, I would think, in handing out the Nobel Peace Prize to, yeah, leave it to the platypus. And I'm thinking specifically right now, the two that are coming to mind are that Soon Young Ki, I could never pronounce her name. Uh, that lovely uh, woman who spent so much time under house arrest under the uh, Myanmar government and then somehow managed to, uh, you know, she got the prize. She was lauded. Everybody thought of her as the most courageous, wondrous, extraordinary woman. Then she gets power. And ay, yay, 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 Absolutely lets the Rohingya massacres go. I don't think the Rohingya who were slaughtered and displaced under her uh, would have signed off on the Nobel Peace Prize. And now, of course, she's on the outs again because the, the military roll again. And then there's a guy in Ethiopia. Maybe you'll remember him. He was, oh, my God, this guy was, I think he won it a few years ago. You know, now he is, I, he is waging this horrific civil war in Eritrea. He is a killer. And it made me think, because I read something about Daniel Effen Ortega of Nicaragua the other day. He has been president of that country for a very, very long time. But I am so old. I remember when he was the revolutionary, when he was the beleaguered man of the people, fighting courageously his government, supported the government, supported by the evil United States. 
And so the left in America, they so love this guy. I got to tell you, lefties swooned at Ortega. He was our hero. Oh, yeah. This was the guy. <laughs> Any of you old lefties out there want to tell me how great Daniel Ortega is now? Because he prevailed eventually, and the revolutionary became the the president. And he is one brutal son of a bitch. I'm just saying. That all came to me when I was thinking of certainty. And who we throw our support to and who we praise and who we admire, often with very little information, just our hopes and dreams. And how so often, if we continue to pay attention, those hopes are dashed. Those dreams turn into nightmares. And do we ever revisit I haven't heard a lefty say boo about Daniel Ortega in 15 years. Sort of like the meteorologists that never apologize. Oops, guess we were wrong about that guy. Bad for all the people who are dead. Whoops, guess we were dead. Must have been wrong about her. She was so pretty, too. Well... That's the way it works. So, just a thought. Here's something else. Did you see that the the Saudis who uh, who murdered the journalist Mal Khashoggi. Did you see um, where they were given training? Okay, I'll give you one guess and, you know, the first one, you know, what? What What is it? I'll give you one guess and the first one doesn't count. That doesn't make any sense. I'll give you two guesses. What is that phrase? I'm telling you, I'm losing my mind. As you get old, and this is very, very unsettling, and start buying cemetery plots. Um, sometimes the failure of your uh, brain to remember idioms. You feel like an idiot. I'm just saying. So, yeah. So uh, the United States uh, State Department approved the contract to give these guys special training in, I believe, Arkansas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's where we, yeah, we trained them. It's amazing. So there's a place in Arkansas that trains people how to um, dismember uh, people with a bone saw and then disappear them. That is pretty astonishing. All right. Just saying. And if anybody is uh, is writing me, I'm not getting. Oh, I got one. I was saying I'm not getting any of your emails. Uh, I did get this. Lynn, you know what the most despicable. Th- oh, yeah. Thank you, Lynn. You know what the most despicable thing about what cinema did was. That's right. In that little curtsy. She gave a thumbs down to the $15 an hour minimum wage. That is right. That's what it was. This is a Democrat. God. Despicable. Thank you, Lynn. Truly. And I do have a uh, 
Oh yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on, call it. Hang on, call it. Uh, this is a, 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 no. Uh, this is a no-brainer. Uh, the Supreme Court has upheld the Pennsylvania teen who uh, the cheerleader. We've talked about this. Who was uh, punished by her high school. Uh, knocked off the team for uh, a message where she said, fuck cheerleading, fuck this, fuck that. And it was done off. And, and the Supreme Court has said she was within her rights. I love that. That was a slam dunk. And that's another case, uh, an ACLU case. Okay. We've got two callers now. Let me go to the phone. Hello. 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 I was trying to think, can you name the leftist in the United States? Wait a minute. I can't hear you. I got to get my – okay, go ahead. Can I name what? The left – anyone on the left who was supporting Ortega 15 years ago in the United States. I don't know. I so haven't seen any Why do you keep talking about that? You say that every well, time you bring any, him up. Oh, oh, so were there Every a, who, time I bring him up? Yes, I mean, you do. When's the last time I brought him up? I don't know. A few I don't months remember ago, him even. Or maybe a year ago. No, I, I don't remember. Maybe five years ago? Yeah. No, within the last oh, you year. Tell I don't me. know. Okay. Hey, who talked about the School of the Americas? Who always talks about the School of the Americas that I've never heard you mention? Is it the people on Why the are left? You so that been, defensive. Because you do this every Why time. You so You're. Defensive? Tell me what Republican doesn't classify you as a leftist. Well, of course, but they classify, you know. But so why do you consider yourself so separate and superior all this, with this when you do that? Because I don't belong to any group ever. For you, not to most people. You're on the left with the rest of us. You might not I have known about the school of the think Americas. I'm on the left. I am no lefty. I'm a good according old to you, not according liberal. to anyone I am else. Not. I'm a good old fashioned, out of date liberal. That's yeah, which what is I. The left, which is the same thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Says who? You. Says anyone who has been like breathing in the United States for the last few decades. So just because so no you're, one you're, supported you're seeding, or, because, you are saying that the Republicans get to define us. So you believe Ortega should have been removed from office by Reagan and the death squads were okay in Nicaragua in the 80s? And what does that have to do with anything in the last 15 years of Nicaragua? I'm so defensive. I'm just saying. Because you're because of the ridiculous things you say. What I'm pointing out is how when we like throw our love and admiration towards in 1982, and they turn out to be monsters. Do we ever really come to terms with that or acknowledge it? A lot of so, people would say the same about Fidel, right? I mean, a lot of people say the Not same about lefty. Martin Luther King, don't they? He's a womanizer, so we shouldn't make a statue for him. People say that, too. Is that right? Well, I can see we're not going to have a productive conversation. No, because you're doing the same thing Republicans do whenever they're like, oh, he's got a bad side. People aren't complicated. And, like, it was okay <laughs> to have had death squads. Oh, so squad. Ortega's just complicated. Well, tell me what it has to do with deposing him in 1982 or whatever year that was. Tell me how the two things are connected. Uh, look, all they're I not. know from you don't have an answer because they're not connected. It has nothing right, to okay, do fine. with you what win. happened in the 80s. You win. You, you win. You win. You win. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. Geez. Well, I guess if I want to call, all I have to do is mention Ortega. I swear I have it. Is there another caller there? Hello. 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 Hey, Lynn. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Um, I think um, this is more optimistic. I think we're going to yeah. have a filibuster change. I know a lot of people don't believe it, but I think this <sighs> last vote walks the Republicans into a problem where the Democrats are going to say, well, hell, we can't work with them. So I think they're going to change the filibuster. I don't. I don't know if it's going to be, you know less people you have to have, but there's going to be a change and we're going to get a, some type of watered down voting rights thing. I do believe that when this, when it's all said and done, I think things go behind closed doors that media doesn't see things are going on. And you see the show, 
but in the back, it's something different. I really believe that. That's the way it always is, same in politics. So there's a well, game. Well, I play. hear. Yeah. yeah. But we'll see what we end up getting, if anything. I mean, okay. it, it won't be what uh, we want. No. It'll be, no. No. And I think we're going to get an infrastructure bill, too. I think eventually it's going to be, you know, watered down, of course. But I do think that. Well, the, I see what the, I, you know, look, look, Biden has already cut his initial infrastructure bill more than in half. Right. And they still won't even, they can't move. And, you know, Manchin uh, coming up with his own uh, watered down voting uh, rights bill. Uh, the guy who believes that there are like 10 good uh, Republican senators there. And McConnell just flat out said, won't touch it. That was that was it. Well, won't touch it. How could how could Manchin still believe that there is any ability to deal with these people? Right. I don't know. Don't anyway, I hope your uh, your astonishing optimism is uh, proves correct. I really do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey, you too. I just want to say in terms of the left, that guy pisses me off. I so hate any of these groups that have, that tell you where you stand, essentially. This is what we believe. And if you don't believe that, you're not one of us. You know, you're a, and it's why I can't, I don't, I'm not comfortable with the left in many respects. I mean, it was the, well, I won't call myself a progressive because it seems to me that the word progressive was a word that liberals who got nervous when the word liberal started becoming, you know, a negative that they decided, okay, well, we'll change our name. We'll be progressives. And I thought liberal is fine. I think it most accurately defines where I tend to fall in my reactions to stuff. Uh, but I'm never, ever uh, a goose stepper, uh, somebody who marches in lockstep. I can't do it. I'm not comfortable in any organization. I'm not even comfortable in a group. And I have told you before, I can't, I don't like Citing things with other people. I don't like singing with that. I don't know. It's a quirk, an individual quirk. Boy, I really detest the certitude of so many. And I'm sure I come across that way too. Because, as the caller said, we're complex. God knows. Henry said, I received a PPP loan in the amount of one, oh, 17,000. That's nice. Wow, Henry. I am technically a single person LLC. I am a one person company who uses subcontractors to accomplish my work. I technically do not have a payroll other than to pay myself. My company, like many others, suffered in 2020. I cannot say enough about how incredibly appreciative I was for that loan, which has now been fully forgiven. So when I hear about people exploiting this benefit, I think to myself, how many little guys like me didn't get a loan because some selfish 
jerk took advantage. Oh, a lot. And you know the answer to that is a lot. They walked, the big guys walked away with millions and millions and millions, whether they needed it or not. It was, you hear, they're giving out free money. And they have the means and the muscle to know how to get it, while the little people are scrambling, looking around, saying, how do I do this? How do I do this? Henry's PS is good. When you pick out a gravesite today, will you tell them what you want on your headstone? <laughs> Let's take suggestions from the audience. <laughs> All right. I'll take suggestions from the audience. I'll take suggestions from the audience. I was actually talking to my mother about this uh, for her headstone recently. <laughs> and I thought, I mean, I in our family plot in Green Bay, none of the headstones have anything, you know, go, they're all just, uh, you know, pro forma Jewish headstones. So there's Hebrew uh, writing and, and also some English and the date of birth, the date of death, yada, yada, yada. Um, but told my mom, I thought she should have on hers one lucky woman. She thought that was a grand idea. Oh, how sweet, Bree. I don't even understand what you're asking. Lynn. Can you ask people to go to YouTube and hit the subscription button? Okay, I'm asking you. Go to YouTube and hit the subscription button. What, for me? Let us get that number above 1,000. See, I don't even know where that is. Oh, sure, we should be able to get above 1,000. Come on, guys, go and click. Seriously, this is where my absolute inability to market this program and me throughout my career is just astonishing. Um, up here and I don't want to, I don't know where to go with it. That's depressing. That's depressing. I've got such stuff here and it's so depressing. I, I don't want to, I don't, I, I can't. I'd rather talk about, yeah, headstones. That is uh, less depressing. Actually, I think the cemetery I'm going to doesn't even have headstones. It doesn't. But we could still do that. I think what I might do is, like, see if I could have, like, a bench or some place where people could sit uh, on me. Yeah, I, I think I'm going and doing what's called um, a natural burial. So my headstone will be a tree that will be planted over me. Take me up <laughs> into it. I just love that idea. I don't want to be in a box. I don't want to be set on fire. I just want to be put into the ground to do what every dead thing I've ever come across does, which is decompose. And then whatever's left to have that, you know, be taken up into some tree. I like that idea. And a, and a little um, a bench where people can come and sit with me under my shade. That sounds like a good idea to me. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's it. Um, God, this day is beautiful. I'm looking out my window and the birds are like, whoa, do you believe this? And I'm like, whoa, do you believe this? God, I'm getting out into that. So, um, 
thank you for being there. And uh, yeah, go to YouTube and hit the subscription button. <laughs> thank you, Bree. That was from Bree. He's over in Malaysia. He hit the subscription button. All right, you guys. In there, I'll be uh, I'll be back tomorrow. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.